Today I want to talk to you about writing your new identity on your heart. That's the only way you're going to get out of the stands and onto the playing field where real living is. Jesus came to give you real life, abundant life, a life unending with no boundaries as far as how healthy, as far as how prosperous, how peaceful, how joyful. God has not placed boundaries on your success, your health, the blessing of God in your life. We are the ones who put boundaries on our lives. I want to dive into something that very few people seem to have seen or talked about in the Word of God, and that is, I'm going to talk about writing today. It was kind of uh, cute the other day. I was sitting with one of my granddaughters, and I was writing, not printing. And she looked at it, and she goes, Pops, like, that's weird writing, because apparently a lot of schools no longer teach writing, they just teach printing. I didn't know that, but I, I had to laugh. And, but it reminds me of writing. And the Bible has some very unique verses about writing. And I, I just want to read them and explain them as I set an introduction for how you can write on your heart and begin to be this new identity that you are. So many believers, um, the, the key to great faith once you get born again is to recognize your new identity, persuade your heart, write it on your heart. Every bit of change in your life comes from the inside out. Everything you change on the outside without, without making the inward changes will not last. But every change that you make internally comes powerfully into your world and makes lasting change. Listen to some of these verses on writing. It says, The sin of Judah, in Jeremiah 17.1, is written with a pen of iron, with the point of a diamond. It is engraved on the tablets of their heart. What? It's saying here in Jeremiah that when they would sin, it had such an effect on the heart that it was like writing with a pen of iron and a diamond as the tip, and it is scraping itself as it's written on their heart. No wonder so many of us seem to struggle if we don't dive into the Word and change that. Then, in, as we go on, it says in Jeremiah 17, 13, Lord, hope of Israel, those who leave you, who refuse Christ is what it's prophesying here, people who quit, who don't follow the Lord, who turn away from Him, it says, there will be written in the dust of the underworld, because they have not accepted, they have forsaken the Lord, the springs of living water. And when I found that, I thought, what? Recorded in the dust of the underworld, Hades. There is different kinds of writing that goes on in these worlds around us. We're finding writing on the heart of sin. Here, it's written in the dust of the underworld. 
We know that your name when you give your life to Jesus Christ is written in the book of life. That book that keeps you for eternity. Then in Psalms 45 and 1 it says, Beautiful words fill my mind. My heart is stirred with his word. I am speaking of royal things. My tongue is the pen of a skilled writer. Did you know that your tongue writes on your heart? The deepest level of believing, the deepest level of identity in you. Your tongue is the pen that is the most skillful or that is the most powerful, the most determining of the beliefs in your heart. And remember, heart is where your mind and your spirit meet, where soul and spirit meet, that very center of you, where your identity is, your worldview is. It determines everything about your world. So much of Christianity, they are stuck in a passive, boring, knowledge, religion. And then there's the few that rise up who refuse. And I'm believing for an entire church of these people rising up and their tongue begins to write who they are on the very tablets of their heart and they get up and be who they is live like they should have what they've inherited get up and do what they have been created to do with a new ability from God it says here that with Jeremiah 31 33 it says but this shall be the covenant that I make with you the house of Israel which we are a part of Abraham's seed now it says I will put my word in their inward parts I will write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people when you take the New Testament and Holy Spirit says that as Jesus was leaving, he was coming to lead you into all truth, to show you things to come. Mark 4, Jesus taught us how we could plant the word in our hearts and begin to change everything about our lives. God's Spirit with his word, your tongue, renews your mind, establishes your heart in grace, his ability, and what he has freely given you. So that's who we are in this world. You know, so many people, sometimes you wish you could just share nothing but hours of testimonies. One of my friends almost lost his wife. She got such an infection in her intestines. And I remember him going in to visit her because I went in there to visit her. And she's laying on this bed, cut open from stem to stern, letting the air just get at her, uh, her cavity because they didn't know what to do for a while. And it was nip and tuck. Will she even live? And I remember him speaking the word, declaring the word over his wife. And today, that was years ago. They're alive with family and a child serving, celebrating God because you need to speak the word first to persuade your own heart. But then you get to live with the life of Jesus. We've got to recognize that. I, one of my pastors, he was on a floor of one of our Winnipeg hospitals dying, given up to die while his wife is having his new baby on another floor. And he made a decision that he was going to begin to speak the word as never before. Hang on to the word of God. Know who he was. Declare who he was. That was 20 years ago. And that man is still serving and rejoicing with God here with us today. 
One of our staff ladies just a couple of years ago almost lost her husband. Infection in the lungs, and he literally was in the hospital. I visited him, and as I looked in his eyes, I knew he had brain damage. They knew he had brain damage, and she kept speaking the word and not giving up. And today he's home, and he is full brain, healthy, serving God. you got to understand something. There's something about you deciding to live at a new level with God. One of my friends had a daughter, and she'd just been married. Then they discovered this growth in her brain that was so rare but so deadly. A very little chance to live. And that whole family began to grab the word of God. They asked me, would you send us the word here and help us as well? And together we just got the word, stood in agreement. And they did some of the stuff the doctors wanted. But as a family kept speaking the word and rejoicing together, working this process of faith. And that was years ago. She's married, home, laughing, loving, working, serving God. Why? Because there is a level of living that doesn't come from this world. It is life, Zoe life, more abundantly. It works in finances. It works in marriages. A friend of mine who lived his, worked his whole career and this big, huge company, international company, dreaming of one day having a position that he felt he was there. And when they didn't give it to him and said no, turned around, started a whole new trajectory for his life. And in doing so, today is handling hundreds of millions of dollars and just exploding and growing in a whole new power way influencing for the kingdom you've got to understand living by faith is speaking the word of God to your heart you persuade your heart with the word and then faith begins to flow out of your mouth we must write on our heart the word of God all permanent change in your life starts in the heart first you know we often talk about a broken heart and we see a nice red heart with a jagged break through it and have no concept of why the heart needs to be restored from wrong beliefs. You see, if you said the dishwasher was broken, it meant it doesn't wash dishes. If you said my car is broken, it would mean it doesn't function and take you anywhere. And when you say to somebody, your heart is broken, it's not a deep emotion, although it could be. It's your heart isn't working properly. And until you begin to establish the word of God and write it on the tablets of your heart, your heart will have deep beliefs. These deep beliefs of failure, wrong identity, of guilt, shame, these deep feelings will continually rise up and you'll never be able to stabilize your emotions. You'll never be able to stabilize your behavior. You'll never be able to stabilize your thoughts because the very beliefs of your heart, which are the beliefs of your identity, are wrong. When you give your life to Christ, this renewing of the mind is says that you must be transformed. That word transformed is the it means literally uh, a metamorphosis, I think it is in the Greek. It's talking about this change like a caterpillar becoming a complete new thing, a butterfly. And if a caterpillar creeping along a leaf 
can have a cocoon experience and fly for miles in the wind when it could only crawl for an inch a day, then you can recognize the power of God that when you are born again, it is the renewing of the mind, which literally also transforms the deepest part of that mind where the very heart, it connects to your spirit. In Psalms 147.3, he heals the broken in heart and he binds up their wounds. How does he do that? It's a magic one-time prayer. No, it is the word of God and the Spirit of God coming off of your tongue every day. Holy Spirit is flowing off your words like it flowed off the words of Jesus. And it begins to heal that heart filled with wrong thinking. Proverbs 15, 13, happiness makes a person smile. Or in the King James, a joyful heart brightens the face, but a troubled heart can break a person's very spirit. We've got to recognize that this thing called the heart, God is a heart God. This is the autopilot of your future. This carries and holds at this deepest level your identity. And you know, emotions come from what you look at. And I'm continually saying this. But feelings rise up in people and they don't know where it comes from. They don't know why they feel this way. And that's because these feelings that come from deep within you, they come from your identity beliefs. What do you believe about this world? Are you a success? Are you a healed person? Are you a prosperous person? Are you joyful? Are you an overcomer? Are you born of God? Are you something God is happy with? Is there a smile on his face? Or do you have that typical religious identity? I'm just a dirty, rotten, nothing go by. I don't know why God even looks at me. Everyone else is smarter, better. I'm the lowest of low. I'm the snake's belly of this planet. Nothing ever works for me. No one ever works with me. No one ever talks to me. I've got no friends. Everybody's always said I'm worthless. I'm like the black sheep of the family. Whatever identity lies, you have accepted. That has stopped your spirit from working. It has stopped you from walking in the abundance that God has for you. When you go into Ephesians chapter 6, and it talks about the armor of the believer. That is the armor of your heart. It is protecting your heart. These beliefs of righteousness, of salvation, the gospel, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. When you look at this armor, it is speaking of the heart level. A healthy heart is crucial if you're going to live in the supernatural power of God. You've got to be a aware of the legal side of your salvation decided by the very death of Jesus that put a whole that his will went into effect last night we talked about the will and the inheritance the whole time you got to hear that that you are an heir and did you know that if you're on the list as the heir and you have an inheritance it's the will that decided you get it not you it's a stunning revelation that Paul brings to us. There is a legal side of your identity, who you are, this born-again experience. But there's also this personal side, this vital side, this new birth 
this relationship that you have with God. We've got to understand that. Now, when you've you got to understand this one thing. The beliefs of your heart have been established through your life by information and emotion. You see, when things happen to you that bring new information, like maybe in sports, in a, just in the grade years, you weren't good at sports, so you were rejected by the other guys, never picked and put on teams, and you remember such shame, and you remember such uh, rejection, and no one wanted to be your friend, you were clumsy, you weren't the right size yet, and so you were always pushed aside. That emotion as a child, that rejection, fed you new information that you are not wanted, you're not as good as everybody else, and you will deal with that the rest of your life because growing up, the things that happened to us, the things that were taught us, especially where new information came with emotion, it writes itself on the very tablets of our heart. If a child is abused by someone like a parent and told they're worthless, made to feel like they're worthless, told they're stupid, told you're a liar, told these things, then this new information, although incorrect, it is mixed with the very emotions that that child feels or that grown-up feels. It doesn't matter what age you are. These things get written on the heart. And so you can see, even if you had a great upbringing, it's how you look at things. It, do you feel and sense such rejection? How much importance you put on different areas of your life growing up? You could have been raised with great parents, but struggle with such feelings of rejection because of an incident or two that were allowed. And so when you give your life to Christ, I could give you a ton of examples of how things have been written on your heart. That information that says you're stupid, information that says you're unwanted, information that says you'll never be happy, information that says you'll never know marriage, information, well, I don't know what this new information came and how it came in, but it came in with emotion because emotion seems to touch the deepest part of our heart. And that is why as we try to serve God and pray in faith that we deal with condemnation, rejection, we deal with guilt, we deal with all this stuff until this beautiful born-again experience that has touched your spirit begins to be written on your heart. It is a beautiful, easy, phenomenal, supernatural experience of you and Holy Spirit meditating in the Word, speaking the Word, and you begin to persuade your heart with the truth. You've got to recognize your heart must be established in grace. What is grace? Oh, man, it's the free gifts that God gave you. His son, his presence, righteousness, forgiveness, his word, the adoption into his family. You, uh, we need to wake up and enjoy the word. Dive into the word of God and know who you are. It'll change everything if you don't. If you don't, you'll spend the rest of your life trying to become something you're not because you don't even believe you are. See, we're not trying to become. You already is. You just got to tell your head. Renew your mind. 
Let that transformation touch your very heart. And then you rise up and you get to be who you is. A friend of mine adopted a little boy in the grade school years. He'd been raised in a horribly abusive uh, family, especially by his, the man that was in his life. So this child was taken away. And then he adopted him, him and his wife. Every time my friend would just move, this little beautiful boy would dive under the table. He would just reach out a hand to touch his cheek, and this kid would flinch. He would have nightmares at nights, waking up screaming, no, no. But the fact was, he was no longer a child of the abusive father. He was a child of one of the most loving men I had ever met. This man worked alongside my dad and I and mom and Sally. He was wonderful. He loved God. He knew Jesus. This boy was removed from the most abusive, violent, word-cursing home and placed into one of the most beautiful homes, but it took him a while to recognize that he's in a new family and he had to remove this fear that made him flinch when his loving dad reached out to touch him uh, on the head when this loving dad wanted to bless him or hug him every time he turned to speak to him his stomach would go into a knot and he'd start to sweat there were times he would turn and run at a dead run away from this loving wonderful man because of the deep emotion and information that was fed to him that he would always be abused that no one would love him that no one would touch him listen you and I all of us have a part of this being raised in a world that didn't know Christ. And Father God, regardless of how wonderful, I had amazing parents, but no one, I, Sal and I could never touch the stunning phenomenon of God parenting our children. John the Baptist said this, and I want to leave you with this thought. He looked at the people that he was baptizing and the disciples that he had at the same time that Jesus had disciples. And, and he said to them, I must decrease and he must increase. Could I say to every one of you parents that you want Jesus to increase in your kids because you're going to decrease. I recognized as my girls grew up, there would come a day they would love some man more than I, and I would be number two. And then when they had kids, number three, number four, <laughs> number five, as I continually decreased in their life. And it didn't bother me. You want to know why? Because I taught them to love Jesus. And when I'm not around, Jesus will be here for my kids. And when I can't help my children with things that aren't, Jesus is increasing in their life even while I'm decreasing. And in any area of leadership, family and church, business, relationships, remember this. Stop worrying about your legacy and, and you being the man and the woman. I don't ever want to be forgotten. You're going to be forgotten. Get used to it. But if you can present Jesus, He will increase while you decrease. Four generations from today, you and I will probably be a distant memory and our great-great-great-grandchildren 
But if you can give them Jesus, he will increase through each generation. And from heaven, you can look and know the incredible prosperity and blessing of the generations who know their God. Please make the changes right on the tables of your heart. Dive into God's Word. Don't be lazy and wait to be spoon-fed something from me. Enjoy the messages. Takes time every day and dive in. Do the work. The Bible says labor to enter the rest. Persuade your heart of your identity in Christ, who you are and what you are, and life will unfold easily in the blessing, the favor of God. Father, I pray right now that you will touch each person listening. I pray that these words will move them to pursue you, to take seriously the word of God, the word to live by, words to die by, words to bring change to everything in life. Father, I pray every person listening will rise up by faith and walk out their future, their destiny, the paths you've prepared ahead of time, and live a life so huge, everyone will know they must have known God. I pray this over them. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, as your Lord, then today, choose Him. When you've been listening to my words, the Word of God that is preached causes somebody who doesn't know Jesus to start having faith on the inside that maybe there's more. Maybe there's something outside of this physical world. And that's what God's Word does as you're listening. And so all you need to do is just say, Jesus, I choose you. Come into my heart. I'm following you for the rest of my days. Thank you that all my sins are forgiven. That I'm a brand new person. And I'm going to learn how to live by following you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's how powerful, how exciting, how amazing this is. So keep watching.